Welcome to Straight Out of Savannah, Talking with Tammy, a podcast that showcases people you may not know who are choosing to use their gifts to inspire and move the planet. Thank you so much for joining us on Straight Out of Savannah, talking with Tammy, with my guest, Lisa Thomas. She's going to explain to you who she is and what she's all about. Lisa, take it away. Hey. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Miss Tammy. Um, and it's honestly an honor um, to be here with you today. Uh, my name is Lisa Marie Thomas. I'm 26 years old. Originally, I uh, was raised in Albany, Georgia, but I was born in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I have two beautiful children, Leanna and Elijah, that are the light of my life. Um, they have been my motivation for just um, getting out of a better, getting out of a bad situation, getting into a better situation, and just trying to um, make a better way for them. So um, I thank you know them and my family for you know, uh, just help me move forward and God first and foremost. Um, so recently I became an author and um, this happened for me within the past um, two and a half years or so. And it was after I overcame an incident where um, I was manipulated into human trafficking by um, this guy in Atlanta that I thought it was going to be my boyfriend, you know, I thought that I was going to be in love and all this other stuff. And um, it just turned out to be something that was meant for my destruction, you know, um, if the devil had his way. But it turned out for me, I was able to move past that, you know, um, my daughter was in the situation, God kind of gave me a blueprint, you know, um, in my mind to get away from it. And I was not only able to do that, but after a few months, um, after moving to my hometown, I was just kind of sitting back and I was thinking like, it's probably other people, you know, that's going through that. So I would kind of be selfish if I didn't try to share that message, you know, to another woman that maybe could get out of that situation. And um, my books are called, um, the first one is Turned Out. It's a memoir like of my life it's kind of like a quick glance so you kind of understand maybe how I kind of got into that situation you know and that's not and turned out is not to say that my circumstances necessarily put me in that situation but it's a combination of circumstances and bad decisions you know that landed me there so mm. when I'm explaining you know in the book how I got there um I'm talking about my upbringing I'm explaining that I was kind of, I didn't have, you know, my family. I didn't have my parents. So I kind of was robbed. I kind of, I feel like of a normal childhood. And my dad was an entertainer. He was writing um, New World Order, co-writing New World Order with Curtis Mayfield. And he was traveling around the country at the time. And my mom was a victim of the crack epidemic. So 
she couldn't raise me and he was just not there. So it landed me in a place where I could kind of either sink or swim or sink or, you know, swim as a child. Mm -hmm. And I had to navigate that. So that's what turned out is about, you know, and although it seems like, oh, this is like, what is she going to do after that? You know, there's no ending to it. There is no, it seems like there might not be enough depth to it. Um, it was kind of like a diary for me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't supposed to be for anyone to necessarily understand, you know, um, the journey past that. It was just to understand that if another woman needed this, that they could survive this, regardless of their circumstances. And that's because I've, you know, survived this. And I'm, you know, hoping that God can make a way for somebody else. Then um, I got to a point where I was just really, really traumatized by everything. You know, um, I couldn't really parent very well. I was like working these super long hours and stuff and just trying to figure out like where I'm going to go. And then I started writing another diary, right? And this time it was like, I'm sorry. It's okay. It sounds like it was a healing journey for you and like it's continuing really. Right. Um, so this, this journey was, it was about my change in perception because turned out at the end of it, I still felt like a victim, you know? Yes. Like, And then I got to a point where I like I knew I had to do something else. I couldn't stay victimized. I had to be happy because I have two kids, you know, and my I mean, my son, you know, is think about all this going on in the world. He needs me, you know, he don't just need his dad, you know, he needs both of us to, you know, guide him and my daughter. Like I could never live with her being a product, you know, of something like that. And then repeating that over and over again, like, because that's what's going to happen. That's what continues to happen in our communities. You know, if we don't cycle. Absolutely. Right. So then I started to feel like, okay, like now you have to do something to break it, you know, and it's not just, and it's mental, you know, it's, it's not just financial, but it's financial too. You know, yeah. it's stability. It's making sure that my family and even others are protected. And we have enough information not to continue to be products of our environment. So the second book was called, is called When God Let Me Speak. Mm. And it was written from a place of anger because right after I moved, um, right after I moved back to Atlanta, uh, in 2018, I was like, okay, I got myself together. You know, I'm not even worried like about what happened to me. Like I'm about to go ahead and try to market my book, you know, and figure out what I'm going to do next. And sometimes it's not that easy to just move on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I had to, many times <laughs> I had to come to terms with that because I kept doing stupid stuff. I felt like like I had these friends that 
were not being good friends to me. And I was just in here like, I was treating them like they really deserved my friendship and my loyalty and my love when I needed that myself, when my kids needed that. So I like, I didn't want to feel like I was being selfish, but I was like, uh, I'm done. I'm tired. Like, and I started to pray, you know, I started to, you know, write, focus on being a better mom and stuff like that. And then I got to a point where I needed some more money. So I made a bad decision and I decided like, okay, well, I knew people down here when I was, you know, in that life before it might've been forced, but it's my decision now. And that was the biggest thing. Like it wasn't my decision. So maybe if I, you know, did a little something here and there, then I'd be all right. But God was like, no, ma'am. Like, <laughs> oh, <ma'am." laughs> don't, don't, don't you love it when God does that? Right. Well, it, it's crazy. People always want help, but they don't really want help. Right. Or and, they got the help they want. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I've been learning that I had to accept, okay, God has given me a purpose. Um, uh, would you mind getting me some tissue? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be all. It's all naughty. good. We in the living room. It's good. <laughs> so, um, so he's like, no, ma'am. And what happened was, um, there was this guy that was supposed to be uh, this, thank you, this date that was supposed to give me this money um, so that, you know, I could have money for my bills and stuff like that. I had this job interview and I was going to start, well, I actually had gotten this job. I was going to start this job in like two weeks and I was a little impatient, but I felt like, you know, I'm not trying to lose this opportunity. I came all the way back up here and I'm not going back home. I'm not going back home to be no failure, you know, um, especially in a town with 70,000 people, like, you know, I dropped out of school and stuff like, no. And the guy came in and, um, he put a gun to my head. He raped me. It's really detailed in the book. I don't want to really, you know, uh, go on and for, you know, the listeners and stuff, but, um, it was a sad point. Absolutely. But, for me after it happened I got the message you know because it could have been taken one of two ways it could have been like the devil is like oh kill yourself or something you know or oh you're not worth it and I went through all of that and I felt like nobody's gonna want me you know like I'm not about to get no fiance no man you know like my daughter's probably gonna feel you know like I don't know, just some type of way, like this could happen to her, you know, or I'm not able to protect her something. And it almost devalued my worth to the point that I did almost give up. But, you know, faith is really something remarkable because that was when I had to pick myself up. And I'm like, no, like some, this has happened, you know, to you, but tragedy has happened to you before. So, if you didn't give up then, you can't give up now, especially when you haven't finished, especially when there's so much to do. And if you leave right now, you're going to leave your kids to go through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's that selfish. Right. And that's messed up, you know, for me to do. 
and to some people you know that might seem like oh that's too hard you know but it wasn't hard when I realized that there was purpose in it that was the thing that really got me through it like I did not just write this for a reason I didn't sit here and write 286 pages and design a cover and publish this myself and print this out for the world to see to give up that does not make any sense to me and honestly if I was to send a message to any female out there they would feel like that that was the thing to do next and what kind of message would I, message would I be sending then so my change of perception was what inspired the second book and I think that like out of a meal, I guess, would be like the meat and potatoes, you know, of it. That's how you kind of get into it, get into that story because it's the it's the aftermath of trauma. It's the stuff that people don't talk about. It's how you yes. move on and survive after something bad has happened to you. Like Say we talk that. about yes. what's happened all the time, but like, what? Are, why are people killing themselves? You know, why are people you know, having to go to therapists and stuff and not, you know, and not getting along with their family members and killing each other in the pandemic and stuff like that because it's too much stuff that needs to be spoken about. And people need to know that somebody else is going through something like this. So my, the second book was not, it wasn't just like, oh, okay, I've been going through this and God has changed me and I've had just like this change of faith. It actually starts out like, I don't even want to know my purpose. I'm scared. You know, I don't want that responsibility. Why Why me? You know, or a suicide note. Like, y'all, I don't want to do this no more. I'm so over did, it. So did you address any of that in that book? Yes, absolutely. That's actually how it starts off. Okay. It's um, just by me explaining. And that's how I wrote it as a diary, too. It was like, I, I don't really want to do this. I feel like you give me a purpose, but why? Why do I have to do this? Why am I going through this? You know, like- Especially at such a young age. Right. You know, why have you put me through a life that didn't seem like it was favorable? Like everybody else is going through and happy, got their moms and dads and Christmas and stuff. And I'm like sending the projects, wondering where my mom is, you know? And, but- when I thought about, you know, spiritual, you know, even spiritual warfare and how real that is and how sometimes people are put here to go through things in order to be messengers to other people. Well, then some of us are way showers, right? You no. Know, and you obviously are. Some of us are way showers because I went through something as well. And I asked God, why are you forsaking me? I asked God that people, right. people always said, but don't ask God, you know, no questions and don't ask God. I said, well, he's God. Why not? Right. And I asked, I said, why are you forsaking me? Why did I have to go through all of this at such a young age? I understand all of that. Right. All of that. Cause then it's not easy. Right. And I think, um, and past, you know, those, chapters um you know I talk about some things that um some of my readers have said have told me have been relatable to them because yeah. it's chapters like where I almost got hit by a car when I was nine you know and it's crazy because some of that stuff seems like insignificant but then when you go back and think about it 
and think about these situations that you've been put in and what could have happened if you weren't there at that time and you know what person was blessed or you know what i'm saying what uh outcome came from that because god had that happen then it starts to make sense so even um there's are there are a couple of stories about other people that thought about maybe killing themselves you know or even experienced death and i might have just been their friend but i kind of saw it through their eyes and it was scary you know and it, even as a kid it was like oh my god i don't want to do that you know i don't want to be in that situation so it caused caution but then there were other things like growing up in the church that a lot of times were really judgmental you know and it made me feel like why do i want to be here you know what is this you know like i can't go anywhere nobody understands you know what's going on and i feel like i can't be good or bad i feel like you know nothing is worth doing because i don't understand what's going on yeah. and and then as an adult and as a mom and as a friend you know as a um, fiance you know i was able to understand you know that everything happens for a reason you know and even though you don't understand it your job is like you said first of all a lot of things are misunderstood you i feel like you can question the things that god is doing yes. because he's asked you know he's putting you on this journey for a reason yes. and i feel like you know if he's having these conversations with you if he's guiding me and telling me oh say these words spread this message then i should be able to ask him a question as well and sometimes when you do, as long as you really, you know, look inwardly, then you realize that sometimes you have the answers. And I think that even <gasps> that is right there. That is right there. The answers are all always inside of us. Absolutely. We just don't always want to take the time to what? Look, right. Listen, listen to it. Here, shut the fuck up. You exactly. Know? Right. I mean, you just well, we want to go to church and we want to look to somebody else to tell us what to do. Yes. And we want like, we want a man or a woman or whoever, a prophet or prophetess or whoever to speak into our right. lives, but we can speak into our own lives. Exactly. And uh, honestly, when I first wrote the chapter about religion, I thought that I was going to get a lot of backlash. I was telling my fiance, like, oh, this is going to be controversial. Like, people aren't going <laughs> to like this. Like, oh, and you know. Um, he always just told me to, you know, say what I have to say, you know, say my truth. And the truth is, I don't have any problem with the church. I don't have any problem with congregation. I have a problem with judgment. I have a problem with hypocrisy. I have a problem with the grants, you know, and that's not talking about the real situations that are going on because God, first of all, me and we know that we're his people. You know, and I don't want to say to any other, you know, listeners that everybody's not his people, but we know who the children of, you know, he, the Hebrew children are, the children of Islam are for real. So for them to purposely not spread certain messages is, I believe, against God's will. And that's a problem. So if we're going to have our children in church and we're going to have them talking about god and what's really going on and we're going to tell them the truth and that's the only way that i'm going to be okay with the church you know um and that's what that chapter was about and i didn't 
um again i was so surprised but when you didn't get a lot of backlash no they that is surprising right um my editor normally (laughs) right i was thinking to myself like because i have so many like friends and family and stuff like that that are um you know we all grew up in the church so i mean we moved to albany with a church i call them super christian exactly mm-hmm. so i'm thinking like oh they're not gonna like it like oh man but in my books one thing i tried to do is be conversational that's how i wrote them mm-hmm. and i feel like i wanted not only for people to know that i was speaking directly to them but for them to kind of have certain warnings too because i know that you know even though a wide range of people can understand what i'm saying everything is not for everybody you know, and I don't want to be that person to try to push something on you that you don't want, you know? So no. I'll start a Never. chapter by saying like, look, I'm going to talk about something that you might not want to talk about. If you don't respect my opinion, ma'am, sir, if you don't want to hear about religion, kindly move to the next chapter because it's going to get real, boo. You know, <laughs> but if you are interested, well, you- go ahead. I was going to say the thing is, is people don't realize that religion don't really have a whole lot to do with god exactly god is so much bigger and so much huger and even as many times as they say oh we're not gonna put god in a box they do they put god in a box and they 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 characterize people according to you know how they think that god is gonna do exactly but god said he's not a man that he should lie right you know, and God said that he judges by the heart. He don't judge by the outward appearance and, and looking at people and all this kind of stuff. And so that's, that's a thing for me too, as well. Cause I, you know, grew up in the church as well. Same thing. Got millions of super Christians. Some of my family down from where you from are, are pastors and preachers and all kinds of stuff. And like I said, I have no problem with God because I love God. Right but I cannot do religion. I can't do it. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's no, I mean, I truly believe that it just really don't have nothing to do with God, you know? And, And if you really truly seek him and you really truly, you know, take some time and go within, then you'll come out with the answers that you got because you got answers. You didn't do counseling or anything. Did you? No. See, you got answers straight from God. Right that work within you right and we can all do that that that's, that's amazing especially at such a young age thank you and like you said i really believe that it's something that you know god can give to everybody you know or has it's just that like you said we have to look inwardly yeah. and the thing about even living in our country is that's the way that they divide us like you said and that's really the thing that i'm covering in the chapter is the fact that it's not god it's not spirituality it is religion it is the separation of god from religion if we realize that they did that to us so that we can basically be babylonia all over again and we can all be talking different languages and not understand what each other is saying that's like one of the devil's biggest tools he's going to use music he's going to use miscommunication to confuse you he's the master of confusion so that's the thing that I wanted, you know, a lot of young people and a lot of just people um, generally to understand because- in the devil. 
Right. <laughs> right. Because they don't, and y'all don't even know. And it's because people are here to, yeah, lead you. You know, we got prophets and all that other stuff. That stuff is real. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, y'all don't got to go to church and pay tithes to somebody with to run their buildings and drive their Mercedes and, you know, put coats on their wives and stuff like that in order to have a relationship with God. You can do all that. It's fine if that's what you want to do. If that makes you feel spiritually whole that's no problem but if you feel like that is what you have to do in order to be closer to God and you push that on other people then we're really just disrupting what God put us here for he yeah because we're all here we're, for a purpose because we are severing the connection right because God wants to connect with each and every one of us in our hearts right you know not through a man or a woman or you know or, or whatever Right. You know, because everybody's preaching these days, but right. not through any person, you know, he wants to connect with us, you know, personally on a one-to-one basis. And right. so when you do that, just like you said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You pay your tithes, do whatever you got to do, but don't believe that that is the connection between you and God. Right. Because that's bullshit. Right. That's the confusion. Exactly. That's what he wants you to think so that you stay, stay asleep. Mm-hmm. basically and then we walk around talking about this real woke and i'm woke and i'm woke but everybody is asleep like nobody is really really woke if they're not you know that that's one, woke. That's one <laughs> you know? of the reasons why we had this pandemic to be honest with you right. i'm gonna tell you i mean it's so much behind this that people have no idea right it's so much behind it you right know, it's so much bigger than what we're you know looking at or what they put on the tv for us to see and there's not a lot of us that realize that's going on and you got so many false prophets you know and false teachers and stuff out here people that are set here to lead us astray that if god put you here to have a purpose and to spread his message then you're put here to basically combat that to be a warrior of spiritual warfare and that's something that you know you really have to do because I'm a firm believer that if God gave you a gift and you do not use it, then he will take it and give it to somebody else that actually does deserve it. Well, he said that. I mean, several, exactly. a bunch of times in the Bible, he said it. Right. But people he's not going to play with you. I was going to say, people don't listen to that. They, they, or either this is, this is what I found because what I did was I left um, South Carolina and went to Arizona. I did it because God said it was time for me to leave that place that I was at. And when I told people that God said it was time for me to go. Now I went purely, I rode on faith. Okay. I packed my car. My kids were grown. So I told them it's time for me to leave here. Mm -hmm. My kids, they, they flow and they're, they're woo anyway. So they were like, okay, mom, we leaving here too. And they all did. That's amazing. <laughs> so, but when I told people that God said it was time for me to go, because I went to this place with a car note, an astronomical car note, and no job. I went and moved in with my cousin because she said I could come and stay with her while I, you know, get myself together and get on my feet or whatever. And so I had, you know, basically, you know, no house. I didn't have no job. I had a car note and people said that God wouldn't tell you to go someplace where you didn't know anybody and you didn't, you know, you didn't have a job. This is what people told me that were in a church and friends of mine. 
Mm -hmm. told me that God would not tell me to do that. Hang on, we're going to pause for a second. Okay, so yeah, so people told me that. They said, you, you know, God would not tell you to go. And I said, so because he told Abraham to go to a land he was going to show him and he was going to make his name great and make his make his uh, descendants number, you know, greater than the sands. And he told Isaac to go and he told, I don't know, a few other people in the Bible to go. So I guess God ain't doing that no more. Right. You know, that that was what right, I said. So that just stops, yeah. you know, so That's he just from decides the when he wants to, you know, send messages to people. There's no burning bush. Right. You know, there was no Adam and Eve. Like, let's, come on, come on, y'all. Yeah. Like, stop playing with me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. My goodness. Well, that is that's amazing because the thing is, is even for you to bring that out because it needs to come. You know, it, it needs to come. It needs to come. You know, and and oh my God, because the things that the judgment that they bring to you, it's like, I mean, then God said, judge not lest ye be judged. I mean, or was that not? It's like we just took our own version of the Bible and just was like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this in America or like or like worldwide. Like that's crazy. Well, we picked and choose. Right. And we can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing that um I think, like you said, makes uh, it's really, you know, hard for people because people do pass a lot of judgment, you know, on others. And when you, you know, talk about going into church where you're supposed to be, you know, congregating and meeting, you know, in order to have God unite you and stuff, like how, how can, how can you, you know, and how can you force people out of the church or make people feel like they don't belong there, you know, because let me see here. I'm having an issue right now. You're going to give them the left, left foot of fellowship. Look at this. Is that a bunny? Yes. It's a real one? Yes. Oh my goodness. This is my daughter's bunny and she's just running around. That's why I'm looking all around. She's just hopping okay. around. Now that's a new one because, right. you know, I just didn't think, you know, our people had bunnies as pets, but hey. Yes. I had like okay. three or four of them growing up because I was really isisolated and stuff, you know, with not having a mom and everything. And um, yeah, and I was talking you a bunny? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my great aunt bought me a bunny um, because she had a cat and she was like, you know, I'm not going to do another cat, but you can have a bunny. And um, I had this bunny for a long time. And um, how long did they live? She, well, it was a he actually, I named her Chelsea and found out after he died that it was a boy. Right. (laughs) 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 But it was about a year and a half until his teeth grew out of his nose and suffocated him it's really strange i know (laughs) right and it's crazy because um at the time i you know was kind of using pets to you know have somebody to talk to and stuff like that so it kind of helped me get pet therapy really kind of yeah um because that's what i thought that it would work for my daughter because she was kind of at home by herself my son was living with his dad and she just kind of seemed like she was on her tablet all the time you know and just kind of 
being socially, you know, non-existent, not, you know, being active. And I thought the same thing might work for her. So I was like, let's get a bunny. And yeah, she's been awesome. So I think that that might actually work for a lot of people. And it's crazy because um, in one of my chapters, I talk about how um, I had this dog named Annabelle when I was 16. And um, she, I was really, really close to this dog because I was like going through a weird stage in life and stuff. I had kind of moved back with my mom and she was, you know, trying to be a mom. And I was really rebelling. Like, oh, no, 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 no. You haven't been here. I'm not going to you know, you're not going to be mom to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was really messed up. You know, I talk about how I feel now, um, making, you know, bad choices, you know, like that. But um, the dog kind of, I guess, kind of developed my nurturing spirit to the point that I um, was kind of ready to have a kid, you know, and I didn't know that I was pregnant at the time. But um, I had took care of this dog for like a year and a half after she was traumatized and beat up and stuff. And um, like probably like a year and a half later or so, she just died. She got hit by a car. Oh gosh. Right. And it's a really short story, but the next day I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. So, you know, I kind of started to put certain things together, you know, about maybe why God gave me that dog, you know? And there are things like that that happen to people all the time, you know, where they feel like, oh, um, this was put into my life for this reason. And people might tell them like, you're crazy. That's crazy. You ain't got that dog because they taught you how to be no mom. That's, you know, but. But it's real though. Right. And the thing is, is if they stop judging, you know, how they think God is and just allow you to know and connect then things will be so much different, you know, because the thing is, is people judge and they put that judgment on you. And right. we don't realize it at the time that they put this judgment on us until we start waking up and opening our eyes and seeing things, you know, for what they are and not the, not the craziness that, you know, we were taught or that, you know, it's like, okay. You know, it's almost like when we stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. <laughs> then all of a sudden you realize it was just water anyway. Right. You know, it wasn't even (laughs) Kool-Aid. There's nothing. It's all here. Yes. Like it's all they want to make really, they want to change, you know, the way that we think, you know, they want to suppress, you know, everything that God has really given us to, you know, analyze this world and to figure out where we belong in our purpose. And that even goes with like certain things, not just, uh, religion but even i talk about um like magic and stuff like even this virus the virus you know i know a lot of people that have practiced different things that have been good you know and bad you know i talk about how people were put here for certain reasons you know certain people might have spirits within them you know certain people might have been here to cause your downfall you know you really have to be you know, aware of those things. And like yeah. you said, that will make you aware of even stuff like the virus because you know that it's bigger than you. You mm-hmm. know that it's not just, oh, something that's going to make me sick, you know, and they might've made it in a lab. No, like this is something that not only has been planned for years and years and years, but 
is on another playing field, you know, that you're going to have to come up to if you want to play against them, you know, and if you don't, then you die, you know, and you, or you're led astray. And that still leads you to where you're sitting in church talking about you don't want to go. So, um, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to portray those, you know, or express those type of messages because. Well, it's not popular. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, that it's going to come with some type of judgment. Right. You know, like with me. So I do Oracle cards, right? Same. Well, when I first came up with that and started really doing, doing that and tapping into that, my super Christian people, you know, was like, oh my God, you know, right. but in the church, you call me a prophetess. Right. So what's the difference? Oh my God. That same, and I won't, I won't say the same exact thing happened, but um, I even talk about when I was a kid, I was like, not I think. And I went to church one day, there was this guest speaker and she brought me up out of everybody as a little girl and said that I had a powerful spirit of discernment, you know, and as I grew up, I realized that that was just, you know, ability to understand maybe a little bit deeper than others. And I kind of, like you said, started to tap into certain things too. I had a bad experience, you know, um, with some magic stuff that some other guy was doing that I probably shouldn't have had any business because God didn't lead me there in the first place. Right. And when we all have, (laughs) right, that's right. And people don't want to talk about it, you know, and it's the things that we're not talking about that are, that's really affecting us. Well, that's killing us is what it's doing. Right. Right. Absolutely. And not only that, but it's, you know, destroying our communities even further. Um, Our kids, we aren't able to um, gain any traction at all. You know, and that's one of the reasons why we're having even so much, you know, violence in the Black Lives Matter thing and all this other stuff is because it's a complete lack of understanding. Yes. To me, you know, I just and it's not that we're doing anything wrong by protesting, you know, and um, fighting back, whatever, whatever, you know, again, people feel like they need to do in order to spread the message is okay but you have to get to the root of the problem and the root of the problem is the fact that this is oppression is not only oppression but it's oppression that was even described in the bible as something that god put on his children in order to get them to understand to change and if we're not going to change it's going to keep happening you know It's, and, it's, it kind of reminds me of, and I talk about this all the time, <laughs> it reminds me of the children of Israel. Right. Now, God was leading them out of all that bondage and whatever, right? Right. But in the midst of it, he sent the plagues. Now, they were still there for the plagues, right? Right. They were still there. You know, but God showed them how to protect themselves and all that stuff and put the blood of the lamb and all these other things that they did or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, God will show you how to protect yourself. Right. You got to listen. Right. You know, you got to hear and you got to stop, stop looking at things on such a surface level. 
you know, because we are, we're looking at it right here, but really it's here. It's inside. Right. It's deeper. It's in the ground. Right. You know, and stop listening to all the BS that people put into your ears. I mean, sometimes you just have to shut everything off. Right. You know, just sh- turn off Facebook and Instagram and whatever, YouTube, Lord, YouTube, and, and leave all the conspiracy theories on the side. Right. The YouTube. <laughs> so fake news capital. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like killing my daughter's brain. Yes. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, no. You know, and 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 I like YouTube because I mean right. you're gonna be on YouTube, but uh, so entertaining. My God, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's it becomes a problem when you when you're attacking little children, you know, to the point that they can't discern what is real or fake. You right. know, where um you're leaving an impression on their minds, and that is kind of. And that's really where the, I think spiritual warfare is headed now. And that's really why I felt pressed to talk to uh, people at this point, you know, because again, it was, it's not about me, you know, it's not just because oh, I woke up and had a message. It's because something, it's right. Things happened to the point that I felt like God was saying, okay, look, you're either going to step into this or you're not, I'm going to keep doing things to you or you know, you're going to, you know, do what I told you to do. You know, you're not going to keep running from this. This is not okay. <laughs> so, because um, you know, you can run, but you right. can't hide. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what happened. Every time I tried to run and try to, oh, I'm going to go back to Albany. I'm going to hide up under a rock. Like nobody's going to see me. God was like, um, excuse me, ma'am. No. Can, can you please like can you please stop playing with me and um I like the fact that even speaking to you um that you're so you know down to earth and real about um just the way God is and the way spirituality is because I think that that's also the message that I was trying to portray you know um there's a lot of things that can come from tragedy that we don't realize you know there's um sometimes God is trying to send us a message that we don't, that we need to be more spiritually aware in order to receive. Um, we got to cut a lot of people off sometimes that yes. are not right in align with what God is trying to do in our lives. Yes. And, and that's hard. Sometimes it's very, it is very difficult. God. You sometimes know, like, I have felt like at times where I was just alone, you know, because I had, because either people ran away, you know, because they told me it wasn't God, you know, God wouldn't send you 2000 miles away with no job. I mean, in a car, no, who do, I mean, that's not God. And who are you to say? Right. Or sir. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that, you know, some of those had to go and then some more just had to fall off because they couldn't see, you know, where God was taking me and they didn't realize, you know, exactly. because the thing is, is. God didn't give them the vision. They, he gave it to you. Exactly. So they're not going to be able to see it until you bring it forth. And, and right. then you, they still may not be able to see it because it might not be for them to see. Exactly. And that's um, another thing, you know, that um, I did cover is that, you know, purpose is not just about, oh, you're in somebody else's life for a reason or what somebody else, or what somebody can do for you. You know, purpose could be that you're in, this person's life to 
allow God to show them something, you know? So like you said, it's not always for you to see, you know, and if you, and when, even when you're choosing your friends, they need to realize that as well, because everybody's journey is their own, you know, and God didn't put somebody else in your life to navigate it for you. You know, he put them in your life to be a supporting role in your story. And then for you to be a supporting role in their story, if that's the case. And for that time being, or for that season, you know, because um, there's this artist that I like that um, says this thing that really is close to my heart. And he just says that every provision is not, you know, always lasting. You know, sometimes provisions are made temporarily. Sometimes friends are in your life temporarily. Sometimes people are just messengers, you know, where they might just come to share something that God wants to tell you and then go. And as humans, we kind of want to hold on to them. Right. And that's the hard part. And that's where the devil comes in because he knows that he knows what's on our heart too. So he's going to come in and try to, you know, play on that and puppeteer you and play with your emotions and stuff. And that's not always easy to, you know, figure out. No, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's just really difficult. Right. Sometimes it just hurts. Right. You know, and we have to acknowledge that too. Right. You know, and just realize that, yes, it's okay for us to hurt. Right. It's okay. That's the thing. It's not going to last forever. Right. And we still can, can move on and, you know, go to the places, but just don't allow that to stop us. Cause that's what happens in a lot of people's lives, especially young people. They, they just, they allow that kind of stuff to stop them and, and stop their journey and stop their vision. And, you know, and, and, you know, they could have like an amazing vision, you know, they could be somebody that has a vision like Jeff Bezos or something. And, you know, they could have an Amazon or something, you know, of that caliber later, but they allow that kind of stuff to stop them. And so I believe that that is one of the reasons why you are here to open your mouth and speak this truth, because this is, something that your generation needs to hear thank you i truly believe i mean all of us need to hear it but your generation especially because y'all are the future yes and i do believe that um and people even in the time frame that i was born a lot of us went through um just being products of the crack epidemic you know a lot of us um i went through periods i know people that went through periods that blamed their parents for it that didn't understand it that still aren't you know, don't have that relationship with them, you know, as well. And it's, it's messed up because you kind of got to realize that it wasn't their fault. I was going to say, and they don't even realize that they chose their parents, right? We choose our parents. We chose them. So if they're not what you wanted them to be, you know what I mean? I mean, you don't have control over what they become, but if they're not what you wanted them to be own up to the fact that you chose them, right? And at the end of the day, you know, you not only have to take responsibility for yourself, right, right, you know, and you have to know who people are, you know, um, know what's going on. And like you said, that's one thing about realizing, like you said, that this is something bigger, because when you do, you know, I was able to come to terms with, you know, some people had a hand in putting this in our communities. You know, so some people had a hand, not only my mom, but people that I don't even see behind the scenes that's still trying to destroy us today that can, you know, that had a big part in destroying my life 
and destroying a lot of other people. So that's something that we need to look at. You know, uh, people that went through that. Don't just keep blaming your parents. Look at what's going on. The bigger picture. Right. Unite with them so that we can overcome who's really behind this. Yes. Because Absolutely. if we're fighting with each other, we're we not doing nothing but what they want us to do. And that's what's going to keep us in same situations. That's what's going to keep us marching. That's what's going to keep us fighting. That's what's going to keep us in jail and our communities inflated with drugs. And people feeling like they need to do them in order to cope. And that, that's another thing that um, I think really is not talked about enough. It's not. Is the fact that <laughs> swept two under the rug. people are covering it up with, you know, drugs alcohol well it's like it's it's uh any way that people can numb right you know people want to numb right and you honestly know, you're and right that exists in a lot out. of ways yeah like uh, honestly i i mean sexual addiction yeah. you know um gambling a lot of stuff you're right yeah and it's it's too it's too unspoken it's too not talked about and not brought up mm-hmm to the fact that we are almost thinking that this is normal. Yes. You know, we completely normalize it. And that is the thing that is going to keep us asleep. Like, well, if you think about it, even down to, uh, I mean, it's, you know, a little off subject, but same kind of topic, um, school shootings. School shootings right. are normalized now. Now when right. they happen, you're like, oh, another one? Where, where was this one this time? exactly that should not be normal right nobody it, should be shooting up the school where our damn kids are, are at you know it's just normal the same thing that's happening with them killing brothers sisters exactly you know, right now it's like oh it's god you know it happened again in texas it happened over here it happened with george floyd it happened with brianna and it happened with many people we don't know their name yeah, I mean, you know, I so don't... it should never be a normal thing. It should we should always be outraged about that, right? Absolutely. You know, and and even you know, I think about that because I have two sons, and they're wow. both uh right. Let's see, one is thirty, and the other one will be thirty in September. So I oh. think about that, and it's like, you know, I think I need them to be safe, and I have no desire to bury them, right? But I know who they are. You know, and right now they both live in Texas. So I'm like, oh, Jesus. So it's one of those things that, you know, that should never be normalized. Right. We should never get used to that. Right. It should never be something that, oh, you know, another, you know, another brother done got killed. Right. Oh, it's just another gang shooting or another uh, armed robbery or another house invasion or something like that. Oh, they're just not be normal. what or you know or you know that they're black because they place plaster them all over the tv right because you know if they're not black they don't plaster them all over the tv right you don't even know their name for days right it's like a little section in the newspaper if you still get a newspaper right you know like come on y'all you know and this is um it's the thing is that we don't want to make people think that even this conversation is you know to judge it's not it's not it's not you know it's completely it's, just a, it's, it's to wake right 
<laughs> to talk about it. a real issue. There's you know, nothing and, and it's not even just about, you know, people of color, I'm gonna say. Right. It's not even that. Right. Because everybody needs to wake the fuck up. Exactly. And right. stop this. Right. They need to use their privilege to stop it. Because right. they got it. That you and that's it, the you point. Need to use it. Right. And any right, however God has put you here, whatever purpose that you have, whatever color you are, like you said, whatever privilege you have, you need to use it yes. in order to try to not only make yourself, you know, better, but if you do those things to be a better person, to understand what you're going through, to have empathy with other people and to realize that this is bigger than you, then we going to be all right. You know, then stuff is going to start coming together on its own. And we don't have to do all the things that we feel like we need to, because there are so many different uh, outlets and people behind computers, you know, and big federal buildings telling you that this is what you should do. It's not, you know, God is telling you what you should do. All you got to do is listen. It's that simple. And it's not, oh, we're making people feel bad because they don't know. We're just telling you because you need to know. And yes. then when you do know, you can make a better decision because the only way that even I was able to make a better decision was because I became informed. You know, you know what, you know what my girl Oprah says, actually it wasn't even her, it was Maya. When you know better, do better. You do better, right? You know exactly. better. Simple you know? as that. So, um, yeah, I think that um, that's really been I think the biggest part of even my journey is trying to um, having to let go of trying to understand why this is happening, why, you know, or feeling victimized or feeling like I can't discuss certain things because people are going to judge me because I grew up in church or, you know, um, feeling like, oh, um, I can't do certain things or there, I'm not capable of certain things because they told me I can only use 10% of my brain when I know that I'm a child of God and I can do whatever God put me here to do. You know, it's a lot of things that are discussed um, between the both of the books. Um, like I said, I think that When God Let Me Speak is probably the one that people are going to read the most. But um, I wrote both of them so that you can kind of, so that you can completely understand you know, um, and you just, right. So you don't have a, and thank you. So you just don't have a one-sided um, perspective. And the second book focuses on perception in its entirety. So it's not just about how mine changed. It's about how others can change theirs too. You know, not just the way that I changed mine by your own journey, by, you know, um, having a real deep conversation with you figuring out, you know, the things that you need to do in order to overcome those obstacles and get to where you want to go. So it's like a guidebook really as well. Yeah. Um, I like, yeah, I like to think so. Um, because there was actually this one review recently that opened my eyes a little bit to my own book. Like I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking when I ended it, like, what are people going to say? She's nobody. I had a literary, a literary agent that after my first book told me, um, well, this is, this is a good book, Miss Thomas, but you don't, you don't have an audience. 
you don't nobody knows you who are you you know you don't you aren't doing anything and <laughs> I'm not gonna lie my little feelings was hurt like I was thinking like oh my god I, and I didn't have an Instagram page or anything at that time so I was like well is she trying to say that there's nowhere for me to go and then I thought to myself again looking inwardly I felt like God was telling me no that means that you need to do this yourself that means figure this out you know like get on google you know what i'm saying <laughs> look at publishing look at distribution and then that way you know um you can be put on the route that you're supposed to and i didn't even realize that first of all my first book was on amazon i was only getting Amazon was getting 30% of my publishing and I was not on any other sites at all. I was not being sold in any other stores. Because Amazon doesn't do that. You have to, in order to get distribution, you got to do Ingram Sparks if you self-publish. Exactly. I didn't even know about Ingram Sparks at all. So for people don't know, I only know because I was a part of an anthology and the girl that did the anthology, she did a lot of education, which was amazing. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Cause it's like, you wouldn't know what to do. Um, I was trying to figure it out and um, I just got a whole bunch of stuff that was like, do you have an ISBN number? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, no. Yes, Amazon owns your ISBN. <laughs> like, right. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So y'all trying to tell me that Amazon is gonna own my weight. And I just had to keep thinking, you know, keep hearing what was going on in here. And it was like, no, do this, do this, do this. And I looked on Google and I saw Ingram Spark. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to, you know, do this. I'm going to talk to different bookstores, you know, independently. I'm going to speak to them myself. I'm going to figure out how I can get myself out there. And then at the end of this, then I won't be paying somebody else to own my work because that's the cycle I'm trying to get out of. Why would I go back and do that? That's crazy. You know, but it took some trial and error for me to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is, to me, it's a waste of time if everybody has to go through that same process. You know, somebody should be like, y'all, if y'all want to be a writer, my African-American writers, my young writers, you know, whatever gender or whatever, you know, race you are, then you need to go to Ingram Spark to publish. Because if you don't do that, you do not own your publishing rights. You know, and if we spread that kind of stuff, we have more businesses. We have more writers. We have more owners of music, you know, their distribution. I created a course. <laughs> right? That's I what did. we need. I created a course for self-publishing. Yes. And I, and I actually right. put that in there, the difference between Amazon and Ingram Sparks and, you know, what people said about it and diff- different things. Now, I did not publish Ingram Sparks. I published Amazon, but I did learn about Ingram Sparks and I started, you know, kind of familiarizing myself. But, you know, one of the things that people were saying was that it wasn't as easy as Amazon, you know, Amazon, simple, 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 upload all that. And so that was one of the things that people were saying. So I kind of, you know, brought in the, the, you know, which ones. And then there was one article I found, he said that it was best to publish with both. Right. That's what I did. Yeah. So you have the distribution on Amazon, which, you know, people love Amazon. They love to grow and grab your book, you know, and then it can go on Barnes and Noble and all these other places. 
through Ingram Sparks. Exactly. That's the yeah. thing that um, I had to learn even as a self-publisher, but um, doing all of that myself, um, actually, you know, with the help of my fiance and, you know, just sitting up long nights, you know, tired and stuff like that. It taught me everything that I needed to know about my business. So that way, when so let's talk about your business, <laughs> because well, because we've been on here a long time, but we're going to talk, go and do the thing. Well, um, it's not really, honestly, it's just publishing for the most part, but I'm looking into, um, we're trying to open up a production company because um, my next step is trying to like talk to other people and get their stories out that don't necessarily know how to be writers or know how to put their you know stories out themselves. And um, through that, I am looking to do um, documentaries, uh, movie, um, you know, films, and um, just- but you're in the right place. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm Tyler over right, right there. Huh? So you got Brother Tyler right there. Where? Tyler Perry. Oh, he's in Atlanta? Yeah. Yes, he's right down the street. There's mm -hmm. a big studio. Matter of fact, there's two, if I'm not mistaken. I think his old one and- a new one I think that he put in like a mall or something it's wow. huge mm -hmm. right you should see it like it's huge um I probably should like drive by there one day yes you should like throw some flyers out the window throw a book or two right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, do that for, like, hey I sent my book to Oprah's assistant so really? I'm, you know yeah I did I sent one there and I, I emailed one to um Spike Lee's people and yeah I was just that's you know, what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, um, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. Just, and that's really what the business is. Just trying to figure out ways to publish my own stuff, get it out there to the point that I can, you know, say that I am not only um, financially, you know, um, stable, but to the point where I can open up other businesses, you know, and open up other ways for um, different business owners because that's and help other people to, to get their stories out too i exactly. the girl that that helped me publish my my second book um that's what she does wow she, she does ghost writing as well and she helps people to get their their books out and stuff yeah and, and that opens up a market that you know um is really i think really needs to be unlocked you know because um if we do that then not only do we have a uh, more relatable representation of black people or you know just people in general but we also um give people an opportunity that they might not have known that they had yes and that's important yes so so one of the things um that i would suggest you do is start doing master classes okay start doing master classes i think you i just saw something on instagram about that with Issa ray did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Issa Rae is doing something where she's um showing people how to write scripts, I thought, or screenplays or something. I don't know. Something. I, I don't know. I didn't look I a lot into it, it but I, I will it. now that you said something. But check it out. Do Start doing, you know, masterclass. You can start them on Instagram. Okay. Just do Instagram live and say, I'm going to do a masterclass or Facebook, you know, or whatever. Or like what I do is I use um, StreamYard and StreamYard streams to Facebook. Well, three places you can stream all at once so i streamed to facebook youtube and twitter i didn't even know that oh yeah That's i'm gonna look into that like tonight it's amazing i love it because because i'll i'll do like i do i do a um a uh spirit-led series is what i'm calling it because that's really what it is 
but it's called Awakening the Healer Within. And I do it on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, and I say Monday and Wednesdays around 12 noonish. Sometimes it's 1130. Sometimes it's one o'clock. Sometimes it's two, but whatever time it is, I say 12 noonish, mm-hmm. you know, and I do it on Mondays and Wednesdays because that's what spirit told me to do. And right. at the end of it, I do a meditation and all this stuff, a healing. And um, I stream it to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and then I have my phone and I have it on Instagram. Oh, good. So at the same time, I'm all of those places. Right. And I'm doing it, you know, and I've done like some little master classes too. And I'm still kind of getting into them because I really like those. So I just get on there and I, I, you know, post a post and say, hey, I'm going to do this master class this time, whatever. Join me, blah, 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 blah. And I just get on there and I start talking about whatever and create the things on in Canva. You know, your presentation. Okay, I use that too. Canva is wonderful. Yeah, it is. So you pre create your presentation in Canva and share your screen and talk to the people and, you know, tell them what you're doing and all that stuff. And, you know, that you're, you know, a, a, a publishing company or, you know, I called myself an intuitive book consultant. A really cool name. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so, but yeah, so those are some things you can do is, you know, just start to start talking about it. Because what I noticed is, um, when I got my book, this one, when I put this one out, oh, that cover is beautiful, isn't it? So when I put that yeah. one out, I talked about that book every day on Facebook live for 45 days, Wow! every, every single day. Right, it's what you're supposed to do. And people, you gotta nurture it like a baby. That's what I'm saying. I got so tired of talking about that book. Right, you get tired of <laughs> I hearing, got tired of hearing like, my own oh. But it got it out there. And that right. book is all over the world. That book That's is in crazy. Africa and Australia and France and Spain and uh, UK and Canada and all over this country. And then, then you know, I got it like... Um, what do you call those things? Autograph copies, so they could get an autograph copy from me, wow. or they could buy it on Amazon. I want one. You want one? Okay. Yeah. I got you. I want one. So yeah, so that's that's what I did. I put that thing out there just like that, and awesome. I want one of yours as well, both of them. Absolutely. So we'll trade that information when we get off. But anyway, so I'm super excited that you joined me. This has been a conversation of the ages. This has been amazing. This is one of the things and one of the reasons why I did this show, you know, and I'm super grateful that you decided to join me on Straight Out of Savannah talking with Tammy. So uh, let the people know how to find you, how they can connect with you. Well, um, you can reach me on Instagram, follow me at uh, Lisa Marie, L-I-S-A-M-A-R-I-E underscore the author. Actually, let me say that one more time. Lisa Marie underscore the underscore author. So make sure y'all get it right because I really (laughs) want the new followers. (laughs) And um, honestly, though, I do um, have another uh, book coming out uh, within the next year and a half that I want you guys to um, stay updated for. And I think that it's going to be something that's going to be really touching to a lot of women. It's actually called How to Be a Woman. It's a fictional collection of stories that I'm writing with my mom and my um, one of my sisters. 
So, um, yeah, definitely check me out on IG for the latest updates. Lisa Marie underscore the underscore author. And my website is www.lisamarietheauthor.com. Followed you. Hey. I'm following you back. <laughs> I just found you. Awesome. awesome. I'm super excited. This has been so good. And we're going to awesome. also have her details, her, her contact details, as well as her bio and everything in the description of the video, as well as the audio. So you can listen to this on Anchor FM. It's on Google. It's on Apple. It's on Breaker Radio. It's on Listen Now and a few other places that I can't remember. And you can watch it on YouTube. So make sure that you check out my channel, watch it on YouTube, make sure that you like and you share and you subscribe while you're there so that you can get all this juicy content because yes it's so good this has been it is right yes we had all the tea this is the real tea see (laughs) see and she was so nervous when we got was but i was gonna cry she slayed it thank you it's because of you though it was it's the chemistry like we was here so it was it it really was and it's so amazing you know, when people come on and they share their story and, you know, it's just powerful because the thing is, is all of that needed to come out just like it did. Thank you. So I'm, I'm glad God gave me the words to say. So thank you for, <laughs> that, for that. And thank you for um, allowing me to come on and speak to your audience. So yes, I'm, God I'm for having excited. me. I'm super excited. And you, you could not have picked a better time. So anyway. Thank Thank you so much for joining us on Straight Out of Savannah, talking with Tammy. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. I know you've been blown away with the amazing valley here today. Now go out and inspire the planet. And be sure to send us a message when you're ready to come talk about it on Straight Out of Savannah, talking with Tammy.